0: November 10th, also the dawn of week 10, the start of the double-digit weeks of the fantasy football season. This is the time, guys, when I, I like to think that both a little bit of life and fantasy football gets pretty real this time of year. You know, holidays are among us, and uh, it's time to get serious about it. I'm Seth Woolcock, joined by my co-hosts, Thomas Kuda and Nate Polvo. If you're used to checking out us out on our audio version, you can continue to do that. Episodes will be dropping uh, Wednesdays, later in the day that is, and uh, we're going to actually be streaming, live streaming our uh, podcast episodes to Twitter Tuesday night. You can normally find us sometime around nine thirty, ten thirty hours, kind of the kind of the late dog hours. How about it, gentlemen? How are we doing tonight in these late dog hours and uh, heading into week 10 here?
1: Well, it's later for you guys than it is for me. It's only 8.23 here, so I'm still great, man. <laughs> So poke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's been a fun fun season so far. We've been pretty busy over here in between media. Uh, today is no different. We have a great episode for you tonight. We're gonna chill out a little bit, uh, consume some beverages with my best friends. Excited to do that. Uh, we got some temperature check. We're gonna gauge some players for you. How we're feeling. If we should be burning priority or not. If we want to trade for these people or not. Some players that. Most people may, maybe do not want to play coming into week 10 here. And we also have a special guest later on in the show that I think is going to make a statement. So, uh, gentlemen, how are we doing today? And uh, why don't we introduce ourselves, go around the room a little bit, do a little icebreaker for those joining us on the live stream tonight? All right. That sounds good to me. Um, well, for me, I'm
2: Tom. Um, I'm just chilling. Sunny Florida. Love it down here. This weather's great. I mean, even now it's still like seventy-five, eighty every day. A little rainy, but, you know, it's okay. Um, I'm a super huge nerd, whether that be for sports, video games, movies, whatever, you name it. I mean, it's all <laughs> um, there. And uh, obviously, aside from doing the podcast, um, I help with the weekly DFS column. Um, I write a bi-weekly Dynasty column where I'll talk about obviously like anything pertaining to Dynasty that I feel like throwing some advice out on and talking about, um, like I'll usually pick a specific issue or some kind of um, event that charities are doing and I'll highlight the charity that's doing it or some charity that's like big in that workflow and um, talk about why they're important and how you can help
1: them. Awesome. Awesome, man. So, I'm Nate, if you're not familiar with me. Um, I live in colorful Colorado where it is cold right now, uh, which we could really do without. Um, Believe it or not, people who live at higher elevations don't actually like the cold. Most of us were just born here and haven't left yet. Yeah, man, I'm really excited to be here tonight. Really excited that we're starting this up. I love it. Um, You can find my column every Tuesday with uh, In Between Media. You can find me here on the live stream. Um, I'm going to start jumping on with at FF underscore intervention, doing a Tuesday waiver wire stream. Um, They've got a lot of cool stuff going on over there as well. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm always on Twitter at JanateJack2017.
0: Absolutely. And I appreciate you gentlemen as always joining me here. I'm Seth Woolcock. For those new to the show, I'm the founder of In Between Media. Uh, by day, I'm working at Penn State University. Hashtag, #WeAreBaby uh, 0 and 3. And uh, <laughs> I've been writing, I've been writing uh, a start sit and Seth column for three seasons now. Uh, you know, my goal has always been to bring a little bit of life advice, mix it in with fantasy sports advice, and uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's the concept for In Between Media. And Pretty much that's been what we've had going on so far this season. Uh, we're going to continue to bring it to you uh, each and every week throughout the remainder of the regular season. Uh, excited for a lot more stuff to come this offseason. Uh, if you want to follow myself on Twitter, I'm at between underscore Seth You can find Tom at Thomas Kuda. You can find Nate at Janate Jack 2017. And you can find the show, the site, everything we have going on over at Inbetween media. At IBT underscore media, if you want to take our show on the go, again our audio version comes out every Wednesday evening. Uh, you just subscribe, leave us a review. We're available on all the big platforms: iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Blueberry, iHeart, Deezer. You know, you know the rest, uh, guys. It, it's been a it's been a crazy week since the last time we talked. A lot's happened both in the world and in fantasy sports. So I think the best way to break this down is is have a little fun and getting some temperature check. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it, man. Thank you. All right, let's jump in.
1: Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy
0: fire. Yeah, so I also want to open this up. If we have any live stream viewers right now, streamers as you call them, uh, if you want to drop any questions throughout, this is the time to do it, this section. So feel free, take your time with that. We'll try to get to those while we can. And uh, I want to start with a guy who Nate actually was super hot on coming into week nine. We, we took a couple of Twitter questions last week, and uh, I know I was real hesitant, but Nate was all go on it, gave a couple people some great advice to start, Jacoby Myers. And uh, here we go, boys. He was 12 for 169 on Monday Night Football. Uh, I guess I'll start here with you, Nate. If you don't have this guy, how much fab, how much waiver priority are you burning in redraft uh, to to go out and get Jacoby Myers? I mean, it was an impressive performance against the Jets.
1: It was, and I'm not surprised. Um, I think I mentioned last week they're kind of getting into rebuild mode in New England So you want to see what tools you have. And Myers is a guy that Belichick is clearly high on. So he's going to get a ton of usage. I mean, I'm good with dropping 10 to 15% of your fab on him at this point in the season. If you're in a position where you need a wide receiver, he could be really, really helpful to you. I mean, and a lot of us are hurting in our lineups anyway. And that's at every position. But he's a guy you can grab now. And you can probably get him for less than that. But if you've got other wide receiver needy teams in your league, I mean, drop 10 to 15% on him. And I think you'll be able to get him. Um, For me, uh, I know this is like a monster game, so
2: (laughs) I hate to like downplay anything. Um, I'll probably – I'm comfortable with spending up to like 10% of my fab to get him. um, Probably like 7-ish, 10%, you know, somewhere around in there. Um, I think like I definitely want to try to pick him up, but I just want to sit him this week because he's going against the Ravens. I'm worried this is going to be like a big trap game, you know, where he just gets shut down, covered. I mean, they're receiving course, so – like banged up right now as it is. Um, so I do, I do genuinely worry about this week. But, I mean, if he goes out and balls even anywhere close to this again, then I think, you know, next week I'll be back here singing Nate's song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I this think for me the thing was he was targeted 12 times. I know, it's so much. <laughs> yeah, like that's crazy. I, you don't see that in a Belichick offense. Occasionally you would see Gronk or Edelman get that, but it wasn't every week. And it no. certainly wasn't a rookie guy. Getting that kind of volume, yeah, that's true. I mean that that is a big switch up
2: from like I mean everything Belichick's done in his whole career, pretty much. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's crazy because I feel like Jacoby Myers showed us on Monday night what we've been waiting to see from Nikhil Harry for at least two years now. It, it was super. I mean, I know Tom, you're taking, that a, hurt. <laughs> you're taking a yeah, man, we got to get to the ER, man. He's been a Nikhil Harry truther from the beginning, Tom. I know we talked about Nikhil Harry. Earlier this season, but it just doesn't seem like he can either a stay on the field or a stay consistent in fantasy football. I mean, there have been some ugly drops by Nikhil Harry this season. Uh, listen,
2: all I'm gonna say is as Nikhil Harry truther here, he has not left my uh, taxi squad. And, <laughs> you know, next season, depending on what kind of picks I'm looking at after I do some offseason trades, he might not be on the taxi squad either. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> well, did you see the comment from uh, Christian Fourier about him? That he is absolutely the worst route runner in all of football that he's ever seen. Like even when he's open, he's covered because he's just such a bad route runner and has such bad hands.
0: Yeah, right. he
2: really hasn't translated to the NFL well, like to that up speed games.
0: Yeah, we even we even ha- even have a comment out there uh, from Scrapper thirty one thirty one. But honestly, who else would Cam throw to? Uh, he would throw it to himself if he could. I mean, th- that's the truth, though. When you look at what, what Cam's dealing with, like, I know Cam's obviously been getting a lot of criticism here in New England over the last couple of weeks. They barely pulled it off on Monday night uh, thanks to a, a <laughs> last-second uh, field goal, Hail Mary, by, by Nick Folk there. So, I mean, gentlemen, like, when you look at it, Julian Edelman's been banged up. Who knows if he'll be around next season? And we just talked about how Nikhil Harry's been – hasn't even made it off Tom's uh, taxi squad so far, like there's Devin aussi there who hasn't done squat, and like the right. running back have, outside of a little bit <laughs> of Damian Harris have, have been pretty trash too. Like I, I just feel like Jacoby Myers might be like, is this a Travis Fulgham type of situation? Like everyone was doubting him too. I was just going to say that. Like I think his biggest comp to me is literally just
2: Travis Fulgham. Like I would put on him. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago here. So, I mean, maybe, maybe I shouldn't uh, rain on his parade this week. But
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I like that comparison.
0: So we also have some other guys though who who have kind of been out there. Nate, this is one I'm going to call you out on this one. I mean, you got Kobe Myers right. You were all in on him last <laughs> week. But but uh, you and Chase Chase over there at FF Intervention, you guys were super out on Curtis Samuel taking shots after. Uh, A great week eight performance Curtis Samuel had. And then, again, he was over 20 points, DPR points, this week once again. He's been wide receiver four over the last two weeks. It seems like he's as valuable as DJ Moore right now when it comes to redraft. Uh, Same question here, guys. Like, how much fab? If if Curtis Samuel's floating around out there, how much fab and redraft are we willing to spend, we think, or waiver priority?
1: Uh, He's had two great weeks. When McCaffrey went down, I wrote about, I thought that Curtis Samuel was going to take over that McCaffrey role, not Mike Davis. I didn't see Mike Davis coming, and I, I completely missed it. But then Samuels just didn't do anything, and he's had two really good weeks, and I think that he's starting to kind of get a rapport with Bridgewater. But I still feel like they're going to have to incorporate DJ more, and Samuels feels a little bit gimmicky to me, but I don't know. I, this is a, t- I, he, it's a tough one for me. Curtis Samuel, I've been so,
2: like, up and down on the past few years, you know, because there's been times when he's, like, had good pops. And you're like, right. okay, can it stay or not? Um, I mean, he's had two really great games. He was a big part of their game plan against, like, uh, one of the best teams in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, so, obviously, they want him to be worked into what they're doing. Um, now, if CMC misses more time, which – you know, depending on what is um, what they find in his shoulder, is like he could miss another week or two, maybe even more, just depending on how things go. I could see him getting nine targets again next week, week after. You know what I mean? And if he's getting that kind of volume, it's kind of hard not to expect him to put up some yards, and maybe take another one to the house. Touchdowns have really been like his, kind of like where yeah. he's gone from like good to great these last couple of weeks. Because it's been, I mean, it was one touchdown, two touchdowns, one touchdown. So if he keeps – that's my concern. I think my biggest concern is that he's not going to keep up that pace of a touchdown plus every single game. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
2: But if he's getting nine targets, I just don't see a world where he's not, like, a wide receiver three flex with wide receiver two upside.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I see almost, like, these three Carolina wide receivers, Robbie Anderson, EJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. Like, I think they're almost all in the same tier, obviously – I think I would want Robbie Anderson the most going forward the rest of the season, but where are you guys? Like, if you had to re-rank those Carolina wide receivers, like, obviously Robbie Anderson has been a wide receiver once so far this season. Purely on on volume, he's only had one touchdown. He hasn't, you know, been popping off the page like Curtis Samuel in that, in that aspect, Tom, but, I mean, Robbie Anderson's been consistent, but over the last five weeks, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel both both been better for fantasy. Yeah. Uh Robbie Anderson
2: kind of strikes me as like what Jarvis Landry was to the Dolphins a few years ago, like before he went to Cleveland. You know, he's mm-hmm. a possession guy. If you got a PPR league, like you're just gonna roll him and, you know, wait for those back end wide receiver one numbers the whole season. So he's definitely like, you know, like a tier up from the other two to me. And then the other two I think kind of occupy the same spot, you know, like they depending on the week and how the game plan and game script goes, one could end up with a touchdown or the other could get it, but I think they're both like solid and then whichever one of them scores is going to be the one that you hope you started that week.
1: Yeah, I agree yeah. with you, Tom.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I'm out there, I'm probably, I'm going to say like I'm pretty wide receiver needy in a couple of leagues. Like I feel like most teams are kind of scavenging for running backs. I drafted pretty RB heavy as I always do in most leagues and I'm out here right now and, and I'm trying to, to find wide receivers, especially like in the Scott Fishbowl, I'm out here right now. I saw Jacoby Myers was out there. I saw Curtis Samuel was out there. So, I mean, in those types of leagues, like I might be, I might be throwing out like, I don't know, 15 percent on Curtis Samuel probably moving forward here. Like, I, I mean, it could be nothing. Like you said, it could be nothing. But like we've seen these wide receivers start to pop around week eight, week nine, like, look at last season, Donvante Parker. A lot of people were doubting him. And he's kind of a guy like a Curtis Samuel, like definitely a higher draft pedigree coming in. But, like, again, shown, saw some flashes from him in his first couple seasons, but nothing sustainable. So it, it, it's tough, but I, I think I want Curtis Samuel and Jacoby Myers probably if I'm, if I'm rolling forward here. Well, oh, late
1: season, yeah, those guys, I mean – I think we've already obviously already discussed Myers is going to continue to get the
0: volume, but I think Samuel will too. Absolutely. And speaking of getting the volume guys, like what about Christian McCaffrey here? He comes out in his first game back from injury, 37.1 PPR points. Obviously on the last drive goes out with an injury to the shoulder. Uh, Rap sheet comes out this week. He's unlikely to play probably here in week 10. Uh, Nate, I want to start with you. Are you selling Mike Davis, if you have him? He has been dubbed the most valuable handcuff coming into uh, this last week. I know over there, Daddy's Daddy's Home FF, he was saying, get Mike Davis back on your rosters. He shouldn't be dropped last week when when they were on the pod. like, Where are you on Mike Davis? Like, You have to play him if you have him, but I'm thinking I'm probably trying to sell high on Mike Davis.
1: Yeah, I'd probably sell high. I, well, I'd hold him this week. And then sell, try and sell high. He still have another big week this weekend. Uh, I don't doubt that at all. Um, then I'd sell him once. Look, McCaffrey will be sidelined for a week. The guy is a brute. Um, he's really tough. Uh, he's going to be back, and he's going to carry through the rest of the season, barring some sort of weird injury. Um, there's a ride Davis next week. If you've got the roster space, I'd hold him. But otherwise, I'd sell him. If you can get good pieces moving forward, I'd sell him.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I I don't know. I don't really want to be in the Carolina backfield just because if Christian McCaffrey is going to keep going back and forth, like you're not going to – unless you have them both, you're going to be struggling to yeah. figure out what to do week in and week out. And, I mean, I'm probably – I definitely am not alone. Christian McCaffrey is kind of a small dude, you know. So he definitely came into the league with a lot of concerns of can he handle – like a full, you know, three down back roll consistently for 16 games. I was very much in the camp of no. So I've stayed away from him like in any dynasty situations. Like redraft, obviously I'm all in because it's, you know, per season. But I, this is what I've been worried about with this kind of thing. You know, he gets a high ankle sprain. He's gone for six games. First game back, he balls, but he gets hurt again. And who knows how long the shoulder is going to hurt him. He could be out of week two, maybe three. And who knows, next time he gets back on the field, He could get hurt again, like almost right away. I'm just worried this is going to be like the step toward him having his small frame have hit about as much as he could take after three seasons.
1: You know, Tom, I hear what you're saying. The only thing I'm going to say from personal experience growing up a Broncos fan and watching his dad play, um, his dad's one of the toughest guys I've ever seen play football. I mean, some of the – he wore – almost he like cut out his pads so he had more mobility and he didn't wear anything across his chest. He basically only had the shells on his shoulder pads, dude. And he took, he was a guy who was across the middle all the time. Elway would throw these. He just, Elway would just set him up to just get crushed sometimes. And he took it and he got back up and he kept going. Like, I think it's a, it's a, it's a family thing. It's a McCaffrey family thing. Like they'll take the licks, they'll heal, but they always come back. And I feel like he's going to come back even stronger than he was before, especially after two injuries this year. I mean, he's got to be so frustrated. I mean, I hope he does. I definitely yeah. don't think
2: it's bad for him or anything. I just, I'm just, i just worried that right. he maybe
0: won't. I, oh, totally. I mean, if you are a Christian McCaffrey owner, you're obviously worried. Uh, he was the number one overall pick this season coming in consensus, and rightfully so. The guy was an animal last season. He was a league winner in most cases. Uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll lay it out like this. If you – and Tom, you've, you've known. I've been a Christian McCaffrey believer and truther since this guy was at Stanford. Like, <laughs> I was in there hyping him up. Uh, I remember I traded a, a ton our first year I, I ever played Dynasty. So, and, you know, Scrapper over here, again, makes another nice point. Like, I, they probably will be careful and probably not want to rush him back. Uh, the, he is their franchise guy. Like, it definitely makes sense. Um, with all this being said, gentlemen, and again, I am a. Tr- christian mccaffrey believer since day one if i have him i'm selling him and if i don't have mike davis i'm selling him like i have to at this point like you can get so much more value for him than he's probably going to be worth if he's going to be going in and out of your lineups the rest of the season that's fair oh that that pain that paid me to say that (laughs) boy well it's
1: like talking about well i'm going to sell alvin Kamara. Yeah. I'm not saying years. I'm going to. I'm just saying that's what it feels like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh so speaking of selling here, boys, uh a lot of Ravens players right now you can kind of buy on the low. Mark Andrews, he's one I want to specifically highlight here. Goes out five point two PPR points this week. Five out of his eight games so far this season, below six PPR points. Like this is a guy last season who he was a league winner. He got a lot of people in the playoffs by you know providing solid capability in that tight end slot right now he's tight end eight behind some names like Hayden Hurst who's tight end five Jimmy Grandpa baby he's still around tight end six on this season he was tight end two this last week let's go so I mean where where are we where are we on Mark Andrews and in a way this whole Ravens Ravens uh passing game like Nate I want to stick with you for redraft like you're the redraft guy here uh where are you at on Mark Andrews here
1: Um, I'm looking at Mark Andrews like the rest of that offense, including Lamar Jackson. Like, if you can sell him high right now, I'd do it. Here's the thing. I love Lamar Jackson, but he's starting to – you're starting to see that he just doesn't quite have the accuracy and the arm strength that a lot of other NFL quarterbacks have. He's still talented and he'll still make it work, but he's like in this weird transition period where he's trying to figure out how to use what he has – to accomplish what he wants to do. Last year, he was an anomaly. Nobody could figure him out, and he just ran around to everybody. He's not doing that this year. So, like, Mark Andrews, um, I'm selling Hollywood Brown if I can sell him. Like, I just don't... I'm done with them for this season in redraft.
0: Okay, and, and before we go to Tom for Dynasty Outlook, I'd like to add this, though. If you're in a spot where you're winning in your leagues, maybe you have that one or two seed locked up I'm not opposed to going out and getting a Mark Andrews going out and getting a Lamar Jackson, because you look at their playoff schedule right now, fantasy playoffs wise, Cowboys Browns Jaguars giants. Like that is primo. And uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson, he burnt me last year in a championship and, you know, didn't go out and have the the type of game that we were expecting. But I, I think right now the price is so low. Like, you have to, because you can't. I feel like you probably can't. You can still get name value for them, but I don't know. I, I think you have to hold if you have them, and I think you have to buy if, if if the owner is looking to shop. Tom, how do you feel about this in redraft, and you know more specifically to you, dynasty?
2: Well, there's a few things. Uh, first of all, uh, this is why you stream tight ends when you're in redraft. <laughs> don't pay up on big ones. Just go get somebody else. <laughs> Jimmy Graham, three to you. Here, that's all I'll say. Uh, second, for redrafts wise, um, if I own him as he's like my tight end one, you know, I paid up for him, I got him. Um, I'm probably looking to stream now and wait until he gets back in a rhythm because I'm not trying to lose games. I mean, maybe if I have the one seed locked up and I, right, you know, I don't do, then maybe I'll just ride him and you know, figure out bench spots for other pieces and, you know, try to catch on somebody who can run me through the playoffs. Um, Dynasty-wise, um, I'm a little sad because I, you know, went Mark Andrews hunting before he popped last year and got him on the cheap cheap. Um, so I'm sad to see him, you know, kind of being a dump right now. Uh, that said, in dynasty kind of the same situation. If I have a tight end one who's not Mark Andrews, like if I if I'm like, you know, the Kittle owner, I'm definitely gonna go put some feelers out there for Mark Andrews Just see what his owner yeah. wants. Cause why the heck not? If he does start to pop again, you know, you've got somebody that you can count on. And if he doesn't pop again, you got Kittle again next year. So um I'm definitely like kind of cooling off on him in Dynasty though. Like I'm definitely he's not near as high as he was before because I really thought that he was going to have more of a secured role in this offense, but it really does seem like they're just trying to run through as many lanes as humanly possible right now and rely on the passing game a lot less than they did last year. Now, the only argument I could think of that's like pro-Mark Andrews the rest of the year is maybe they're just trying to give Lamar Jackson a break from throwing while they're just you know, winning through the middle part of the season. And then they're going to save his big play energy for the last part of the season. But that's like a very thin shred
0: of pro Mark Andrews. (laughs) (laughs) I I personally don't think they're like – I don't think like John Harbaugh is going out there and saying like we don't want to throw the ball because their rush attempts attempts are actually down from last season. But like it's hard for Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown for that notion to sustain any type of viable fantasy production when there's only – 175 passing cards going out like per game like that is so tough on fantasy and and I, I I mean I think we were all waiting for Lamar Jackson to take a step forward in in his passing and he's done anything but that he's regressed a lot and I think right now that it, I don't know it, it's tough if you're a Lamar Jackson owner, but I, I think you have to hold chip dynasty or redraft. And gentlemen, how about we jump into some short sure Things Sleepers of the Week and uh, bring a little bit of summertime back to the show. Let's do it, man.
3: It's the Short sure Things Sleepers of the Week.
2: Alrighty, well, we are heading on down to Miami to Mr. Devontae Parker um, I mean, you know, everyone knows he pretty much everyone had given up on him last year, you know, just blows up, you know, becomes a wide receiver one through the basically the entirety of the season last year. And then this year, not so much, <laughs> you know, not the same energy as last year. Um, but that changed a little bit with this most recent game. Um, him and Tua seem to be getting some good chemistry going on now, and he seems yeah. to actually way back into his like his top spot, top guy role. Um, He caught six or seven passes last week, Um, a lot closer to his eight target per game average from last year. Um, Along with that chemistry with Tua, they're coming into a game against the Chargers. Um, And I'm thinking that this is going to be one of those games where they really start to kind of cement the pass attack, figure out what their game plan is. And I'm thinking that this week we're going to see a lot more of the Devontae Parker who went 72 catches for 1,202 yards and nine touchdowns last year than we are the Devante Parker from this year who was milk toast and, you know, benchworthy. Yeah.
1: Especially with Preston Williams hurt again. Yeah.
2: That also Uh Preston Williams going down is definitely going to brighten his opportunities this week.
0: Even miles Gaskin, like miles Gaskin was out there garnering about five to six receptions a game and, or at least targets that is. And now without that aspect in it too, like Parker's really the only guy out there. And, uh, yeah, I, I know there's a handful of Mike Kosicki truthers out there still, but they even got trolled this this Sunday. If you caught that one at all, uh, the the announcers said said, said that uh, Mike Kosicki caught a touchdown, and then it ended up being one of the a- other tight ends too. So, I I just think, I think you're right here, Tom. Devontae Parker is a guy I think we touched on a couple of weeks ago in the podcast. Like maybe if you can go out there and you can buy low, Devontae Parker is a great guy and i'm with you here i think he steps up once again against the chargers team that in the second half of these ball games cannot guard anyone
2: nope it's
1: not been great for them (laughs) no it has not so i'll go ahead and i'm gonna dive into my guy real quick here my sure thing sleeper of the week um i love ross dwelly this week you know nick mullen now knows he's the quarterback for the rest of the season He loves tight ends. They're going to settle into what he wants to do. They're going to be running the ball a little bit more. They're going to be running more short routes with McKinnon and they're going to use Dwelly more often, especially Jordan Reed gets hurt like every other week. And I love the guy when he's healthy, man, he's so good, but he's just not reliable. And Dwelly is going to be that guy who I think is reliable. Like, what do you think, Seth?
0: We talked about this last week on the live stream, Nate, and I'm a big Ross Dwelly guy. I, I, Personally, I love Jordan Reed's story, and I wish he could stay healthy, but we know that's probably not the case realistically. And last week was a pretty brutal game for the 49ers in general. Uh, it, it was it was a shit show on Thursday night, to put it put it nicely. Uh, I mean, that's what happens when you're when you're without your what starting four or five wide receivers, uh, <laughs> an entire offense. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I mean they don't have their running backs right now, so I agree. Like it's next man up there for Kyle Shanahan and Ross Welly, he's a guy we know that tight ends have success on the 49ers team. And I think rest of season, Ross Welly, he's going to be a, a solid guy. And uh, again, if you need a guy, Hey, why not Ross Welly this week?
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you guys both know, I was also kind of big on Dolly last week. Yeah. And if you didn't, you know, pan out to like the big game last week, but uh, he's definitely – I totally agree with both of you. He's got himself a spot that is just not going to go anywhere for the
0: rest of the season. Tight end yeah. premium leagues. Get him Get him if you can. That, that's all Absolutely. I'll say. I know a lot of the times on the show we do some in the scope, and Tom, I think he was your in the scope target last week. So, yeah, if he's out there, I'm, I'm grabbing him if I can, and, and I'm playing him in, in those tight end premium leagues especially. Um So my sure thing sleeper of the week heading into week 10, the double, the first double digit week of the year, I'm going to go with Mike Evans. And I know normally our sure thing sleepers of the week are reserved for players of, you know, no one's really talking about. And I know Mike Evans has a really big name and normally doesn't fall into that category, but what's going on right now? Like people are just straight up disrespecting Mike Evans. And like, it's kind of really making me tired, honestly, of hearing it. Like, I heard it a couple weeks ago about Juju Smith-Schuster that you can go drop him in redraft. And, like, no, you shouldn't have done that. And if you did, you're going to regret it. And you are regretting it. Same with Mike Evans. We heard that notion a couple weeks ago that you can drop Mike Evans. That's a bunch of malarkey, honestly. And I think right now – I get it. Mike Evans, Tom Brady, the entire Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense on Sunday night was atrocious. Like, I don't know if they just – didn't show up this week or forgot they had a game or like Gronk was out beer bonging too many beers Saturday night. <laughs> I don't know. Someone needs to tell me what happened because that was not even a game. But like, let's think about it here, guys. Like, they Carolina, the Buccaneers week 10 opponent, I know it's a division game, tends to be a little low scoring. And I've been the one harping up Carolina's defense all season. They are pretty good, but you can't tell me Tom Brady is not peeved off after just what happened. He got embarrassed with drew Brees on the other side of the ball he is fired up right now and i mean mike evans is super viable guys he has seven tds on the year the guy has so many red zone touchdowns so many red zone targets he had a couple over over the weekend it just didn't pan out tyree kill he he was monster he was a monster this last week and i think mike evans even with antonio brown there even with chris godwin there i think the bucks will rebound and i think if you have mike evans and and you see he, he's ranked wide receivers 32 in ESPN right now, don't don't pay attention to that, guys. You, Mike Evans, he's a, he's a six-time 1,000-yard wide receiver, and I know that's been brought up a lot this season, but he's still on pace. He can get there, and I think he gets there this week, once again, against Carolina. Yeah,
1: man, I, I think this is a good matchup for him. I just think he's somebody that maybe the rest of the season you play him based on matchups a little bit more, because that seems mm-hmm. to be... And Brady's a very very matchup centric in how he distributes the ball. He always has been. And it, he's doing it in Tampa Bay, of course. And I think Evans is one of those guys where it's feast or famine with him. And you just have to figure out where he's going to feast and where it's going to be famine before you start him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had Mike Evans in Dynasty for like three years now. And
2: honestly, this is just part of the roller coaster that it is Mike Evans as a fantasy player. Sometimes he puts up a zero stinker for a week and. Other times he'll literally go out there and put up 45 points by himself. Um, I think this week is definitely going to be one of the win you the week by himself kind of weeks. So I definitely agree with there, Seth. And, yes, yeah. this week has been disrespected so hard. Um, I mean, look at Tom Brady's history against Drew Brees. It ain't great. Every quarterback Scott got, like, yeah. you know, a couple key te- teams they just can't seem to beat. And that's just one for Tom Brady. So I'm not reading yeah. a whole lot into this embarrassing game where the Saints just flexed all over them. I mean, literally
0: emptied the bench, kind of flexed on
2: them.
0: What yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, man, Tom Brady has those couple guys he can't beat: Eli Manning, Nick Foles, and apparently Drew Brees is in that conversation <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. Also, so, the thing I want to
2: sneak in here now that we're done with like our Main segments. Can we just talk about Alex Smith for like half a second? I don't even care like how good or not good he played. Yeah. He was almost dead, and now he's playing football again. Like I'm just absolutely floored by the fact that he's like starting a game next week. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah crazy. To
0: me. Yeah, I'm excited. If you're to the, have... the comeback player of the
2: year. I'm going to, I'm find somebody, hunt somebody down because. <laughs> Yeah, it.
0: absolutely. There was a great, uh, there's a great piece out on ESPN right now. Project Eleven, Stefania Bell from the 06010 podcast actually was on that. So uh, I think that uh, Alex Smith, whether or not he's going to be great for fantasy football, whether or not he's going to be bumping up Terry McLaurin's stock at the end of this <laughs> season, it's a great story, Tom. I agree, man. Thank you for highlighting that for us. Yeah, dude. I'm just excited. Like, he's. I'm definitely going to have a lot of fun watching him play this weekend. Absolutely. So I want to round out the show a little differently today, gentlemen. I know normally we normally get into some in the scope or some weekly advice, but uh, I want to round out by telling listeners about a new type of uh, sports platform that we came about in the last couple of weeks, and that's Statement Games. Uh, And to better help explain the story behind Statement Games and and what Statement Games really is, uh, we're going to bring in a special guest that we have tonight mark salino the ceo and founder of statement
3: games we ain't stealing we're just taking back very simple statement to back
0: mark how are you doing today
3: doing all right guys how are you doing great man good to have you hey thanks for having me really appreciate the opportunity
0: yeah. yeah, absolutely, Mark. We're super excited to, to have you on the show and tell us a little bit about your story, a little bit about Statement Games and uh, kind of what our listeners and what our viewers can, can expect from Statement Games.
3: Yeah, sure. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, man, you're yeah. great. <laughs> All right, appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the intro. Uh, I really can't stress this enough. Uh, Statement Games, it, it's just a game. Um, As a company, we've created a sports gaming platform that's got a little bit of a different twist on traditional fantasy sports. What we do as a company is we create games around specific sporting events. So, for example, this uh, upcoming Thursday night, you you got the Titans and the Colts playing on Thursday Night Football. So the people who want to play this game can access Statement Games via www.statementgames.com, or we also have apps that complement our web-based product. You can find any of the major app stores, whether it's Google Play or Apple, by searching on Statement Games Fantasy Sports. And uh, I'll just use the Thursday night game as an example. Is that uh, we're going to present you with a list of props, or hence the company name Statements, that are specific to that sporting event. Uh, Philip Rivers, over under 265 yards passing. Derek Henry, over under uh, 95 yards, kind of like in you know, a rushing. We're going to present you with a list of props that are specific to that game. It's your job to review this list of anywhere between 50 to 60 different props. And as you review, you're going to make 10 picks. And as you make your 10 picks, you want to rank them in order of confidence from 10 through 1. 10 being your most confident pick, 1 being your least confident pick. So as that sporting event plays out, if your number ten pick becomes correct, you're going to get ten points. If nine through one are incorrect, well, now you just have a total of ten points. You're going to play in a league of anywhere between eight to twelve people, and the person with the most points from correct picks at the end of that specific sporting event uh, wins. This is a free-to-play game. Uh, we don't ask for social security numbers or the funding of any type of accounts mm-hmm. if you want to actually play statement games, but you are trying to compete for what we call statement games coins. Now we have a whole reward system that powers the back end of the statement games kind of like, you know, platform. Uh, rewards from organizations like you know Macy's, Target, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, NFL Shop, Under Armour, Nike, Amazon, Google. Eventually, you're competing for coins. You win coins by finishing in first, second, and third in any of the contests that we power your job is to ultimately take those coins and exchange them for a cash gift card of your choice. So Seth, I know that you and I kind of had talked about this kind of you know, offline, like a little bit here. Um, This is going to be something that I don't promote on the statement games network. This is for you guys and your listening audience, but anybody who is interested um, in trying statement games, especially the Thursday night kind of game here, uh, you have to be a new player and um, you know, and playing the game. If you, finishing first second and third and obviously you can take those coins and exchange them for whatever it is that you actually want but if you happen to go 10 for 10 with your picks for this upcoming thursday night game i'm going to come to the table with 200 bucks cash so consider it like a free little lottery ticket or a scratch off. you got to go 10 for 10 with your picks if you happen to go ahead and do so i will come to the table and cut you a check personally for 200 bucks cash wow that's awesome man yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, c- I can definitely attest
0: to the fun of statement games. Uh, I tried it out over this last week, and I jumped in uh, Chase Vernon fantasy interventions uh, game over there on Sunday. I played in the Cowboys and the Steelers game, and it was a lot of fun. It was a it was a different type of of fantasy sports than I'm used to. And at the end of the day, I, I felt like Mark uh you know your platform over there and i thought in between media we we share a common vision man like you guys you guys are based on a game that your dad started in thanksgiving and uh it's really (laughs) a family it's a family matter we're a family matter over here in between media uh do you want to tell us a little more about that backstory i think it's a super inspiring story that uh, our (laughs) listeners would really dig dig listening to
3: yeah, sure. So uh, statement games is a concept that I haven't, as you had mentioned, been playing in my family for the past 25 years. Full disclosure, um, I'm born and raised and currently live on Long Island, New York. Uh, my dad is an avid kind of like you know, sports fan. And um, uh, I have one younger brother. And growing up in the Salino household, you know, we were raised to do a couple of things and a couple of things only. You're rooted for the New York Giants, the Yankees, the Knicks and the Rangers. And, and, and that was it. And my brother and I, we really kind of like you know took it to to a different kind of like you know extreme. We really got into, you know, the teams that kind of like, you know dad kind of like, you know, rooted for. And mm-hmm. I guess that upbringing it, it kind of backfired on my dad like a little bit because uh, every single year we used to make this trip up to the Boston area, and an aunt and uncle who lived in the Boston area, and um, that's where we just went for Thanksgiving. We used to go there every, every single year. So on on Thanksgiving Day, you know, dad wants to do nothing but watch. Thanksgiving Day footballs. So you started with the the Lions at, at twelve o'clock, mm-hmm. and you know you, you morphed into the Cowboys kind of like you know at four thirty. But but the Giants weren't playing. Well, they were never playing on Thanksgiving Day. So me and my brother, we started pushing back on my dad, like, well, "Why are we watching this?" You know, Giants still play till Sunday. Like, what? Well, why are we so kind of like you know entrenched with this Thanksgiving Day you know football tradition? We'd rather be outside throwing a football around or jumping through kind of like you know, a little pile of leaves and things like that, and. This kind of like, you know, shows you, you know, how old I am. But uh, <laughs> you know, literally, you know, in, in an effort to get us interested in things outside of the Giants at the time, you know, Dad created this game. Every you know, Thanksgiving morning, he'd uh, pull you aside into a corner of a room, he had a, a pen and paper, and he'd start kind of you know, asking you Detroit Lions game. So he'd ask you questions like, all right, Barry Sanders, over on the hundred yards rushing, you know, Harmon wow. Moore, over on the seven and a half, kind of like a reception. I remember the first time that we played, the Lions were playing the Bears, and Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback of the Bears. Oh. Jim Harbaugh, over under 250 yards, kind of like, you know, passing. So, uh, you know, at the age of, you know, 11 or 12 years old, you, you throw in a dollar. And he did this process with everybody who was uh, at my aunt and uncle's house for, uh, for Thanksgiving. There was probably like 12 or 13 of us. So there was like a pot of literally 13 bucks. But now at the age of twelve, I'm like locked into this Detroit Lions game, like it's the Super Bowl, because I have a chance to win thirteen bucks. My aunt used to start referring to this as the football bingo game, and we just had a lot of fun with it. And it's something that we've been kind of like you know continuing with in my family as as a tradition um, for for years, and we still kind of gonna like, you know, play through this thing. So um, I, I went to school for. Uh, for marketing, uh, I spent you know close to 20 years in different forms of advertising and marketing. Make a long story short, here I've always had dad's concept in the back of my mind, and I said, "Hey, you know what? Given the you know advancements of uh, the sports gaming industry and fantasy sports and things like that, if I don't take a shot at a concept like this, I'd, I'd probably regret. So that's kind of like you know what I did. I left the corporate space in October of 2016, and I've kind of like been pursuing the uh, the statement games venture ever since.
0: Wow, wow, that's a super inspiring story, Mark, and and I definitely appreciate you sharing that with us.
3: No, I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, uh, you know. Again, as Mark said, he's putting two hundred dollars on the line for anyone who can go ten for ten on Thursday night uh, in statement game. I'll be there. Uh, I'm going to give it a whirl once again. I, I'm sure Nate and Tom will be in there as well, going after that that check. And uh, <laughs> thank
3: you. Go. <laughs> well, i'll actually even sweeten the pot like a little bit more here so obviously you can always play we, we call them you know just playing games within the lobby tournament here but there is an option within the platform where you can create your own private contest and where you're just playing with your own friends your family members maybe some work associates or school members and things like that so uh if you go and you create a private contest and you play that thursday night game um and you fill that tournament up with at least ten people, or actually nine, because obviously you know, whoever creates the tournament, that, that's technically one person. If you or anybody in your group goes ten for ten with your picks, I'll come to the table with five hundred bucks. So uh, hopefully wow. that kind of like you know gives you, you know, wow. some some incentive as well. <laughs> so you have two opportunities to win. You can do it. Hey, you know what? Let me just give this thing a shot. I'll play in the uh, the lobby tournament. You need coins to play in these. In, in these games but i give you 60 free coins just for kind of like you know checking the platform out it's going to probably cost you anywhere between uh you know five to fifteen coins to play in any of the games on the state Games platform uh playing in the lobby you're just playing with other random people but if you uh you know create your own private contest uh, that means that only the people that you invite have the ability to play you know, in your, in your game and as the contest creator if you or anybody in your group can go a 10 for 10 with your picks. Uh, 500 bucks if you want to be nice enough to share that with the uh, with the group that's completely up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, but sounds uh, right. <laughs> you guys I think you guys are a lot nicer than I am.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the time of the week, man.
3: And, uh, yeah, it's it's funny. I did something like this a couple of weeks ago, and, and this kind of, like, you know, backfired on me. Um, I was actually on a baseball podcast, and we were actually talking about it at the time. It was game one of the uh, the Yankees-Tampa Bay Rays, you know, series. I made almost, like, the same offer, and uh, <laughs> heading into game one, uh, or at the end of the conclusion of game one, not only did one person go 10 for 10, another two people went, so – I had to shell out 600 bucks because three people. to no. <laughs> ten ten Wow,
1: man! I what are the odds of that, huh?
3: <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> Especially in baseball. <laughs> no, it happens. It, it, it's it's rare, but it does kind of like you know happen quite frequently enough here because if you if you you lock into like you know certain you know themes of the game like all right you know what I like say the. I like the Titans. I like the running game, so I'm gonna kind of like you Mm -hmm. know go low on some of the wide receiver and passing picks. You know, uh, maybe like the under, but I like Titans to cover the spread. If you kind of like you know formulate some type of like you know theme with the game here, you you Mm -hmm. see there's gonna be a lot of consistency with your picks. So if uh, if basically the theme of your uh, handicapping ability of breaking down individual contests or game hits uh, that's how you kind of you know go go 10 to 10 awesome it happens
0: yeah Yeah. such a cool concept man absolutely (laughs) i'll I'll tell you one thing too like like just you know not to give too much away for for thursday night football but just looking at this matchup uh we've been talking constantly on this show like there is no wide receivers really that you can trust for the indianapolis (laughs) Colts. especially here on thursday night football i know the titans give up
3: a sounds like you're opinion. drafting an opinion looks like you got a little bit of a, of a theme kind of like you know going here nate's
0: nate earlier today in his call, he, he was hyping up jordan wilkins a little bit like there's guys like him out there nine hines and and jonathan taylor so definitely going to be a rush heavy approach here uh like mark said you know kind of try to find those themes for yourself in statement games could help you along the way and i think it translates super nicely into fantasy football too because like we're going into Thursday night this week knowing it's going to be a run heavy game that there aren't going to be many wide receiver options for Indianapolis. So I, I think it goes hand in hand, man.
3: It definitely kind of like, you know, does. In fact, kind of like and now's the time of year and where I, I start to see, you know, some spikes and some increases in traffic, especially when you kind of like, you know, get into that time of season here where we Hey, you know what, maybe your fantasy football team isn't kind of like you know, performing as well. Or maybe there's a, you know, some things that take place here where you just happen to kind of like, you know, get knocked out of your king of the hill pool or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know pool, pools like that. Uh, again, it, it, I can't stress. It. It, it's just a game. Uh, I've got a little bit of a different spin on, on, on fantasy sports. And um, you don't necessarily have to have a broad knowledge of everything that's going on across the entire league here. You just have to have some some basic general opinions on what could potentially happen leading up to an individual sporting event. And, of course, we'll have a full slate of games coming up to Sunday. Um, it's just that uh, it looks like uh, Thursday is a lot closer right now than Sunday.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Mark, we appreciate your time today. Nate, Tom, uh, everyone tuning in, we appreciate all your time. Uh, it's been a blast here, as always. Uh, Reminder: you can check out the audio version of the podcast tomorrow that will drop later on in the evening. So, gentlemen, take
3: care, and uh,
0: everyone keep it in between out there. All right, guys. Have a good week.
3: Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good week. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. We ain't stealing. We're just taking back. Very simple statement to back.